What up, Clock Dodgers? Today's episode is sponsored by Manscaped. I know 2020 has been crazy, but it's one thing that Josh, Adam, and I can all agree in 2020, getting this razor from Manscaped was amazing. It was one of the positives of this year. And I know right now everyone's concerned. You got, you know, these stock and stuffer events at your jobs, the white elephant competitions. You got to go to some family members. You might be breaking some COVID rules, but you're going to go to the family members for Christmas, or maybe you're mailing them a gift and it's stressful, right? We're trying to figure out like, what do these people want? What do they like? I only see them once a year. Like what's really going to matter? Like what's going to, what's going to make an impact? And it's honestly, you know, Manscaped is the ultimate stock and stuffer for this holiday season. It's you don't have to look any further. You don't have to keep thinking about this any further. Just go to manscaped.com. They're the only brand dedicated to below the waist grooming and hygiene products. And I'm telling you, they got mints, soaps, uh, manicuring kits so you can cut your nails and trim your nails. They got the razors, which are I, I, I cannot every time I use the razor, I'm blown away by the experience. I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm not even exaggerating at all. Like every time I go to use it. I, I find out something new that I go, oh, I appreciate that about it. Like, oh, the other one doesn't do this. Like, it's really, it's really amazing. I promise you. And everyone who's used our promo code and gotten Manscaped has raved about it. They've all really enjoyed it. They've gotten actually a bunch of people hit me up about they've gotten gifts for people for it for Christmas already. So people are on top of this. Get 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com with the promo code Clock Dodgers. Be the ballsiest gift giver this year with Manscaped. And I play with them. You are now locked in to the Clock Dodgers Podcast. Welcome to the Clock Dodgers Podcast. I'm your host, Neil Maligno, and the fantasy football playoffs are on fire. I'm joined by Adam, a.k.a. the other FF guy. What up, Adam? Yo, yo, yo. We're also joined by Mr. Two Consecutive Weeks in a Row, Josh Cogger. What up, my guy? That's right. Two two in a row. We're going to make it three. Like that. No more ice storms. It's all behind us now. It's all behind us. Speaking of weather, I was telling you just a second ago, man, it's 50-something degrees here in Florida. The AC is not turning on. This is it's madness. It's madness. How to get my kids sweaters for school? It's getting crazy, man. Do you even own sweaters? Is that really? Not really. <laughs> you might have one laying around. And you're like, you know, next year you're like, it gets cold again for a couple of days. You're like, let's buy a new sweater. That's how it rolls. Florida kids just like layer t-shirts. Basically, yeah. And now you'll see people walking around that have sweaters on, but shorts and flip flops. I don't think they they understand. They just think they have to wear a sweater. So that's how we do, man. That's how we roll. But uh, yeah, so it's a little a little chilly, a little chilly out here. I get to sit around my house with the window open and just enjoy the weather, enjoy it. And I have to have to tell the kids it's too cold to go to the pool today, guys. It's too cold. That that is just not. It's too cold. It's too chilly out the there. The struggle sounds like so real. I mean, I feel bad for you guys. <laughs> you should be tough. You should not not getting to use the pool every day. Yeah, first COVID, now fifty degree weather. It's getting out of hand in twenty twenty. It's getting it's getting rough in Florida. Uh, but otherwise, guys, let's forget about this. Let's not talk about Florida weather anymore. Big shout out to all the Clock Dodgers listening. You guys are what makes this show run. I did check again for locations of of where the listeners are coming from. We're getting lots of love from Canada. I didn't realize that. I don't know why I never noticed it, but. We get lots of love up from, from from the Canadians up top, man. So big shout out to the Canadians out there. You guys know any of the Canadians that are listening? 
No, but any time that like somebody's really invested in the NFL and they don't live in the United States, I'm always impressed. Honestly, I mean, not to get sidetracked, but uh, people who are fans of MMA outside the U.S. are super impressive to me because they're always like watching pay-per-views at like six in the morning and crazy times <laughs> yeah. and all this stuff. So yeah, I mean, shout out to anybody who isn't on well, i guess canada's on the same time schedule so you guys i mean as much as i love you, uh, you're, you the, the struggle is not nearly as, as intense for you as it is for uh our brothers overseas but yeah yeah and i was checking i'm like hey is this like one you know dedicated listener in canada i was like no nah, man it was across like a few different uh, areas up there so i was like all right respect all right respect canada as if we didn't respect uh, you enough already jordan richards is canadian that's true that is there you true. Go. That's our reach right there. That might Thank be it. Might Jordan. be him. He might be. He might actually just be moving around to different places in Canada and listening in different areas. Uh, you know, the guy gets around out there. I right hear. I'm just kidding. I have no clue what he does. But yeah, he is from Canada. So maybe he's our connect to the Canadian people. He's he's our voice. He's our microphone out there. Um, maybe that's the recent splurge. The recent you know increase that we've seen uptick was because of Jordan. So we'll have to send him a check or something. The same ones we never send any of ourselves. So we'll do that right away. Otherwise, guys, let's get into victory laps, victory laps. I'll let you guys start. Uh, I've been, you know, victory laps have been kind of weird for me the last couple weeks. So I'll let I'll let Adam start, then Josh, and I'll go last. Wait, been weird for you? Yeah, you know, saying certain names and then I don't know if it's a curse and. Then you they, think you're jinxing players? I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> yes, he thinks he's jinxing. Oh my god, players. you think you're jinxing players? I'm not that did kind of you, guy. I'm not that kind of guy. Did you hurt Antonio Gibson? Uh, did don't. you attack his toe? <laughs> Neil, did you do this? Don't do this to me, Adam. And here I thought it was the turf, but now no. he's got Neil toe. Could be me. Could be me. Yeah, I mean, God. I, you know, I don't like to start off victory laps with just like the player that destroyed me the most. But Gibson, if there was ever a week to go out early, this is not the week, guys. This is not the week. It's just, uh, it was too, too, too painful. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's always victory laps to take. I, I understand Neil's uh, pause because uh, it was a particularly good fantasy week for, for a certain group of players that um, play out of a certain area. Um, we'll just leave it at that. But uh, outside of that, I mean, this is a tough week for victory laps for me personally. Uh, it was, it was kind of like a mediocre fantasy week, but the the biggest one. I mean, I just, I can't, I can't stop taking Cole Beasley victory laps. I mean, I feel like I was one of the only people ever who was talking <laughs> about him coming into this year. Uh, I've mentioned it on the podcast before. He was my most owned best ball pick. He was available in like the last round of almost any fantasy draft you were in and finished this week as the wide receiver three coming into this week was wide receiver 25 on the season. So after tonight's game between Baltimore and Dallas, cause we're recording it during that game. I mean, he's right now going to be a top 20 PPR wide receiver on the season. I just think that, Nobody saw that coming coming into the year, and I personally didn't even see it coming. Um, but I definitely thought that he was being drafted far too low, and I think that's one of the best things you can do in fantasy is kind of identify those opportunities for guys to just greatly out, you know, exceed their ADP. So that was 
that was basically like the the one that I'll harp on because it once again turned out to be fantastic. But uh, I'll give a shout out to Logan Thomas as well. I mean, he finally had a breakout week, and uh, he's somebody who coming into this year I was really high on, and hopefully they now see the talent that they have in him and, and start to utilize him as the target option more. Um, but, but yeah, it was great to see what he could do this past week. Yeah, for sure. I think the Beasley thing is cool too, because it kind of like, it's, it's like, it's surprising that the Buffalo Bills offense from a passing game perspective, like when they, you know, added Stefan Diggs, people were like, you know, how many guys can they support? They got John Brown and, you know, they've been able to, you know, continue to rotate these guys or, you know, sometimes multiple guys are having big weeks. Like, so like, you know, tip of the cap, just to that offense, like in general, from the passing game perspective, it's been impressive. Um, and that's a big part of why, you know, Cole has been so well doing so well. Um, Josh, do you have any, uh, any, any, at least one player you want to give a nod to here? Darren Waller, Darren Waller had a humongous week. And I would just like to say that a hundred target, seasons do not just happen for tight ends it's not because of a lack of other options it's because that player is good and darren waller had a fantastic season last season and people dismissed it because they thought that that team just didn't have any other options and he was getting targets by default and it looks like he's actually good yeah yeah since you brought him up you know i'm gonna i'm gonna dip my toes into the water here guys i don't know if there's a curse taking place or not um, but I have to say Derek Carr was the best quarterback last week and Darren Waller had like 200 yards, two touchdowns for like literally nobody could stop the dude at, at, at any point in the game. They just no matter what pass it was made, no matter who was on him, it was ridiculous. And so hopefully they can continue this. This is uh that win. I don't know exactly how that happened, how that took place at the end of the game. It felt like it was just handed to them. I don't know what really was, you know, happening in the background there, but uh, yeah, it was pretty nuts. So, you know, hopefully they can stay consistent. Hopefully Derek Carr and and Darren Waller can do some sort of um, not, you know, not replicate it, but, you know, get as close as they can to it again next week, because next week they're playing the Colts. It's a big game. Both teams are trying to make the playoffs. It's going to be, it's going to be a fun one to watch, but uh yeah, man. Shout out to everyone. Like we we we, we were talking about Darren Waller when was it a year ago or two years ago? I think you were talking about him two years. Yeah, ago. Yeah, I was talking yeah. about him two years ago. Okay, so like, there's got to be people listening right now who two years ago maybe rolled the dice on him in Dynasty because they heard us talking about him. Maybe they said, "Hey, you know, he's a Raider fan. He's probably not really on anything here, but I'll just take a shot on him." And the guy's basically free in my league. And now, yeah, can you imagine how they feel last week if they played the guy? They crushed it. So it feels good. Like when we, when I think back about guys that we do, you know, that's why these victory laps are fun to me. Cause when I think back to the guys that we called a long time ago uh, and they, and they play out now, whether it's you're in dynasty, whether you're just, you know, remaining faithful and redrafting these guys each year, whatever it is. I mean, it feels good to see those guys, you know, play so well and, you know, continue to do, you know, good things. So I'm excited about it, obviously as a Raider fan, but fantasy fans, you know, should be just as excited and uh, there's no reason for Darren Waller to slow down. You know, even when Derek Carr has bad games, Waller, you you know, usually still has, you know, good games. So, um, all right. So, hopefully I come out of that unscathed. Hopefully next week there's no injuries. Everybody's good. I'll laugh if Cole Beasley gets hurt since you laughed at me, Adam. But, uh, you know. I didn't laugh. Antonio Gibson killed me. <laughs> I, I laughed at the situation. <laughs> yeah. And, and speaking of, you know, Antonio Gibson, 
I mean, let's let's talk about injuries really quick with Antonio Gibson. Are we like, I mean, you and me are pretty invested heavily in him. I don't know how much Josh has, but I mean, are you really concerned about this, Adam? Like, do you think this is going to be like a, a playoff killer? Man, you should not miss time for this injury. That being said, I've never had it, so I don't know why I'm <laughs> saying that. Um, but players typically don't tend to miss time for this injury. So my hope is, you know, he sat out the entirety of that game. Um, it's not the best of signs, but you know, and they won, they beat, you know, the undefeated Steelers, which you guys have heard me on the podcast before, but there is something in my opinion to, you know, when teams have big wins or win games just in general early in the year, I find that offenses try and go back to whatever was successful in those games. So it is a little unnerving that they had that much success with Gibson out, but the thing that wasn't successful at all was J.D. McKissick in the running game. I mean, it's just he's completely inept uh, in that dynamic. Great out of the backfield as a pass catcher, great in pass pro, but he can't run between the tackles. He's not going to be a running back in the traditional sense for that team. So if Gibson comes back, I expect his touches to go right back to where they were, which makes him pretty much like a must-start player. If he's out, I mean, McKissick, he was already flex-worthy just based on the volume he'd get in the passing game. So I don't mind still flexing him. Um, you know, obviously, if if Gibson's out, he becomes kind of a guy that you're you're looking to get in your lineup or, you know, he, he becomes a little bit better than flexworthy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, hopefully hopefully it was just this past week and, and whoever had him in their playoff team survived or, you know, their wild card rounds, whatever you guys were participating in. Um, hopefully you were able to survive it, you know, and, and, and see him next week here play for you. But I know, man, there's going to be teams that lost just because of that. You know, it's it sucks. But this is the way the game works, man. It's the way it plays out. That's why we play it. So um, hopefully he's back. That's definitely a big injury for a lot of teams, though. Um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I, I gotta say, I gotta mention, Josh got his hands all on the injury report here. And, uh, he, you know, he gave us very limited information to go off of here. He says Clyde was sick. I mean, listeners, is this like, is this, you know, it's accurate information? Is this, is this, you know, okay? Is this, should we allow this, Adam? I mean, this is kind of like half information here. Yeah, he had a stomach virus, right? So, um, we all assume he's gonna be back. This upcoming week, you know, it doesn't, you know, it seems like there should be any issue. Yeah, with that. I mean, it's not like there's a pandemic happening and illness could mean you know, a myriad of things. If, if it was COVID, I would have said COVID. He's just, <laughs> he's just got a normal sick. Yeah, he's just sick. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just to touch on CEH for a minute here, it, it has been really interesting to see. I mean, the, the thing with the Chiefs' offense is they basically can't fail. So if they decide that they don't want to use CEH, they don't really have to. So for me, as far as he goes moving forward, I, I've really relegated him to kind of like a running back to flex sort of option just because of how much they use Bell and how much they don't ever have to rely on him. I mean, he's still going to have huge games, so it's tough to bench him. Um, but definitely coming off this illness and everything else that goes into it, um, with how they've utilized him since the signing of Bell. I, I guess I, uh, I'm i not looking to bench him, but if I have really good options, he's probably going to get benched, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, it makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, it's, oh, man, it's one of those weird ones. I don't know. Josh, are you going to bench him? Are you in a situation where you would? 
No, no, I think Le'Veon Bell is not really taking as much of the work as I thought that he would take. It was the the last time I checked, it was more like a third of the work. I so, mean, he, he's taken a ton of the work. The only different, really, the only thing that's kept Ceh alive is touchdowns. I mean, if if we're just looking over the you know the past handful of weeks, um, you, you're looking at twelve touches, sixteen touches, which is great. Uh, but then eight, eight touches, nine touches, 12 touches. And those are the games since Bell has been active. So it's a stark contrast to prior to that, 30 touches, uh, 13 touches in a game where he had eight targets, uh, 19 touches, 25 touches, uh, 16 touches, and 27 touches. Uh, it's just, it's dramatic. Uh, in, in, from a volume perspective, at least. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It, oh, man. I don't think they'll sit him. I hope not, you know, if it's not something that lingers. And like you said, I mean, they're good with him, without him. They're going to the playoffs. It doesn't matter. Um, so I'm sure if it is something that lingers, well, this is a wait and see kind of thing, but I'm hoping it's just, you know, it comes and goes. But that's two rookies in a row that we're talking about at running back that are, you know, people have been depending on, and they're kind of kind of hurting us now after we've bragged about them all year. Um Boyd and Parker, they got in a fight last week. I everything I've read that they're not going to get suspended, that it's going to be just fines. I don't um, even know how that counted as a fight. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but did you guys <laughs> see it? Like they claim punches were thrown. I'm like, if those are punches, like, yeah, barely, barely it, anything. It was, uh, it was the most mild fight that I feel like I've ever seen people get ejected for. Yeah, it wasn't that big of a deal. We've seen worse, I would say, <laughs> you know, in the NFL. So, yeah, it sh- they should both be fine, though. Um, so we shouldn't have to worry about that. Uh, Bengals quarterback Brandon Allen had a chest injury. Has anyone seen an update on that? Does anyone care? Nothing. Nothing recent. <laughs> I assume we'll get updates tomorrow on it. Most of the time, that's when you get yeah, updates on on these sort of injuries. But yeah, I mean, as far as care, it's tough too. I mean. They definitely have had options in that passing game, though, that have stayed relevant even with the loss of Burrow. So, you know, if if you got T. Higgins or if you got Boyd, you, you care, uh, at least to some extent, because I'll be honest, I, I don't know off the top of my head who their third-string quarterback is, but I'm sure it's not good. <laughs> yeah, it only gets worse, more than likely. Uh, so keep an eye on that one. Daryl Henderson suffered a knee injury. I also have not seen an update on that. He did leave the game, um, so... You know, knee injury, running back, if it's bad enough, probably not going to play. But, again, that's another wait and see. That was no clear word on that one. Uh, James Conner, with his COVID diagnosis, he is expected to return. So that's a good thing for the playoffs. Maybe if you had Antonio Gibson or CEH and they do get benched for some reason because of their injuries or health, you know, maybe Conner come back and help you out a little bit. We talked about it before the show, guys. That's Bryant. During this game right now, it's being played right now. Said he's quitting the season due to his pregame positive COVID test. Uh, he was not happy about it. He was tweeting on Twitter about it. Not not happy. Obviously, very understandable. It kind of sucks that he got an opportunity to come back to the game. He's played a few games and now he's got to like probably never play again this year and possibly never again in his career. It just kind of sucks the way that plays out. It couldn't happen to like a worse person at this point. Um, if I don't know if anyone was starting Des Bryant in their leagues or was in a position to care how this affects the team in any way, but it just sucks overall for news, you know. Um, did either one of you guys waste any waivers or anything on Des Bryant this year? 
And yeah, he, I did. I picked him up did? in a couple of places just because I, I guess I wanted it to happen. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I kind of feel his frustration a little bit. I'm sure, sure. that I'm sure he's just kind of angry. He feels like he still has, you know, something to give. And, yeah. and that this is going to be in his way. Yeah, it sucks. Um, and then the last one we have here is uh, Jalen Hurts. He had replaced Wentz. But we do actually have a question later in the show. Um, so I want to we'll wait. We'll wait for that for the Jalen Hurts conversation. But it's just something to think about for people who are setting lineups or getting prepared and trying to make adjustments for this week upcoming. But we'll get to it. We'll get more to Jalen Hurts later. Um, any other injuries that I've missed, guys? I think that was it. All right. Cool. I want to circle back to Clyde and Le'Veon. Like, it's, oh, okay. It's, this is bothering it's you a little bit worse than what I said, but it's close to two thirds, one third. Like Clyde, I I feel like I expected Le'Veon to come in and fully take half of the work, and and that that's not happening. I mean, in week eleven, Clyde was Clyde was an RB one. Week twelve was bad. He had four point nine points. Yeah, I mean it's just touchdowns, man. If you're just looking at points, it's just touchdowns. I just ran through the touches. I mean, the thing is, is he was getting literally one of the highest workloads in the league. I think only James Robinson was getting more touches than him through the first half of the year. So from that, it's a dramatic drop-off. For most running backs, I mean, you know, in the last two weeks, if you're just focusing on recently, you know, 16 and 12 touches, it's not it's not terrible, but it's definitely not, you know, guy who you drafted at the end of the first, beginning of the second round. So... I, I don't know. I think context is everything, but uh, but to me, it seems like a pretty big drop. It's a it's a drop. It's just it's about two thirds, one third. From yeah, I, I get what you're saying. From like the the running back touches in that offense currently, yeah. All right, one more guy that we actually didn't have here on the list, Josh Jacobs. He's probably still going to be out next week. Um, that's my assumption. So they brought in Spencer Ware for a tryout. So they may have Spencer Ware and and Booker out there, guys, two uh, former rivals, (laughs) division rivals in their league and their division now maybe playing for them this week. We'll see. Um, But yeah, so Josh Jacobs may not play this week. So that's that's important. Again, playoffs, guys, even, you know, riding this whole way. This is what happens, man. This is why you have to have some depth. Because these kind of things happen. So we'll see how that plays out again. That's when I would just keep an eye on because it could change. But as of right now, it doesn't sound positive. All right. Let's go over to trust issues, gentlemen. The first one we have here, Jonathan Taylor is finally healthy and a top 12 running back. Trust or trust issues, Adam? I still have trust issues. I mean... Down the stretch, you expect rookies to, you know, be acclimated to their offenses and for their touches to really start to, you know, increase. But as we've gone going through here, I mean, we've got rookies banged up, rookies seeing less touches. Now, Jonathan Taylor's kind of been a more unique case, if you will, um, because he has kind of been struggling throughout um, and now is finally, quote unquote, getting healthy or getting right. But um, I'm still a little trepidatious uh, just with their overall usage. I mean, Naheem Hines has been getting a ton of work there. I don't really expect that to go away 
And overall, I mean, that, that team's winning games and they're, they're scoring points, but it, it just, it's not an offense that I'm really excited to get super invested in. So obviously if you drafted Jonathan Taylor, you probably don't have a lot of better options. He's not really a guy that I think is easy to bench by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, my expectations are really capped. Yeah. If you look at say week 10 through 13, just recently trying to say kind of recent, they did have a bye week, but in PPR, um, Jonathan Taylor is 16. What's funny is Naheem Hines is 7. So, I mean, if you have to choose one or the other, I, I, I would go Hines at this point still. But um, I understand if you have been waiting on Jonathan Taylor this whole time, you know, to be excited, to be happy that, you know, they're starting to see some positivity. But, the, uh, you know, speaking of workload with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I mean, that's Jonathan Taylor's problem too. You know, like this – there's no – Hines isn't going anywhere. He's been good at what he's been doing. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a, a concern. So I would have trust issues too. I just don't, you know, I'm not going to get all excited when this just started to, you know, turn the page here. I got to see more of it. But I know that if you have him and like you said, if you drafted him earlier, if you're in Dynasty and you kind of, you know, got excited about it, you know, you're happy right now. And there's, you know, you should be positive about it. It's it's a it's a positive turn at least. So, uh, but I, I would still have trust issues overall as a top 12 running back. But definitely, you know, positive signs are, are starting to come around for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Josh, trust or trust issues? I trust it. I trust it for Jonathan Taylor, and I trust it because it, it just looks to me like nothing nothing huge really changed on the volume end of things. He only had 16 opportunities last week, if I'm if I'm correct in that, and he you know he's had that before, so it wasn't like he got. He, what, he didn't get a, a massive increase in his workload. He just was more efficient with it. And, and this comes after taking a week off. I, I, I think that there's a lot of situations where we don't really know what a player is dealing with through the season. And I, I think that I think Jonathan Taylor might be getting his legs under him. All right. All right. There you go. Next guy. David Montgomery is on the trust issue list. He has found his way back onto the podcast after not, you know, being very relevant recently before now. So David Montgomery has been over 20 fantasy points for two weeks in a row. Trust or trust issues that he'll add a third week in a row, Adam? I, I actually trust it. Um, it you know, we talked a little bit coming into the year about your Raiders and their schedule, uh-huh. but I didn't really talk much about the Bears and their schedule. And the Bears' schedule basically was really easy to pretty hard to really easy. And uh, they get to close out the year with uh, Houston, Minnesota, and Jacksonville. Uh, and I, I think in Week 17 they have Green Bay again, which you know is basically a loss already on the calendar. Uh, but the next three games are all winnable for sure. Um, so I think going up against Houston this week, it, it seems like it'll be another good situation, another po- positive game script. Um, I definitely don't love it by any stretch of the imagination. David Montgomery's not getting like some crazy touch share. Um, Cordero Patterson often will look like the more explosive player out of that backfield. So Montgomery still doesn't have that going for him. But at the end of the day, I think that they're probably going to win that game against Houston, or at the very least, it's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, so I think the potential for scoring is there. And, and he's still getting work in the passing game, which I think ultimately you know, gives him a high enough floor for me that he's an every-week starter. 
and then he has pretty good touchdown potential this week. Yeah. No, yeah, I definitely agree with you. I trust it as well. Uh, you know, obviously he's he's playing well since he came back, and the Texans are not a good, you know, rush D. So, like you said, this game should be competitive. He should have, he should have the opportunity to run the ball. And if so, I mean, hey, he's got the hot hand right now. He's feeling good. This, you know, Texans team is, you know, vulnerable to the run. So, yeah, trust it. Why not? I, I definitely have no issue uh, with Montgomery, you know, doing it again this week. So, trust for me, Josh, trust or trust issues on David Montgomery and 20 po- fantasy points. I have trust issues. I have to think that that David Montgomery is is just benefiting from circumstance. And I, I, you know, I'm Adam's right about the schedule getting a lot easier. But this guy is just he's he's had decent volume all year, and he's underperformed it all year until these last two games. Yeah, but it's so ironic because you literally just said the exact same thing about Jonathan Taylor, but you like Jonathan Taylor, and it's the exact same situation. Had volume all year, was inefficient, missed multiple weeks, or missed one week in Jonathan Taylor's case, comes back, has a performance where he sees more volume, and is extremely efficient. The yeah, parallels. It's just, are, it's like, just like the profile, you know. I Jonathan Taylor because he has the athletic profile. I expect him to to be able to mm. do his job, and because David Montgomery is slow, I expect him to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> Up until it's now, fair enough. I mean, yeah. <laughs> o- overall, from what I've seen from David Montgomery, I I do not have high expectations of him from a talent perspective. I just know how the Bears use their running backs, and I know what works on that team. Um, And they've given him a ton of work all year. And the biggest thing for me is just he he gets a ton of targets. You know, almost every game he's seeing multiple targets. Some games upwards of five to seven targets. So for me, that just that heightens his potential so greatly. Again, though, with a player like Jonathan Taylor that we were just talking about. The question was top 12 going forward. This is 20 points or more. They're, they're actually pretty similar. It makes me almost rethink Jonathan Taylor now having some perspective on David Montgomery because <laughs> it's like the expectation for those two players was different coming into the season. I had higher expectations for Jonathan Taylor, so I'm judging him still based on those high expectations. I had lower expectations for David Montgomery. In reality right now, they're very much the same player. Wild. Wild turn of events here, gentlemen. Adam yeah, called you out, said, hey, this is similar to Jonathan Taylor. He's like, hey, actually, that's a good point. It is similar to Jonathan Taylor. Maybe I should change my answer on Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Um, for me, it's more about the matchup and that he has a hot hand right now. So, you know, the team is, you know, is feeling good about feeding him. So, yeah, I mean, if uh, I, I just feel good matchup-wise. If this was somebody else that they were playing a tough, you know, a tough defense, I wouldn't have, you know, gave him that kind of credit. But um, so, Adam, are you are you flipping then your answer on Jonathan Taylor for the first question? Yeah, I think I think in both situations, it's like you were harping on. It's very matchup based. Yeah. I think both guys are like low end RB twos right now. Who most people are going to be starting because let's face it, there's not a ton of wide receivers that you feel, or I'm sorry, a ton of running backs that you feel super confident about week in week out. So I think these are guys that most people are starting. Um, but as far as like what to expect from them, fantasy production wise, I think they're yeah, they're guys who are probably going to be at best low-end running back ones and probably are going to have high floors because they both are going to be active in the receiving game. Gotcha. All right, cool. All right, the next one under new head coach Daryl Bevel, Matt Stafford, 
is a QB one per game rest of season. Trust or trust issues, Josh? I trust it. I trust it because we've seen it from Stafford before. And and now we've got Daryl Bevel in there letting Stafford throw it deep. You know, and if Kenny Galladay comes back, I think it's like a done deal. Matt Stafford, QB one. Like I, I trust it very much. Interesting. Adam, are you in the same boat with uh Josh here? Yeah, I mean it's a QB one on the season as it's been. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean he's the QB twelve right now, but I think things get better with Darrow Bubble. I think that the way in which he wants to run an offense caters a lot more to what Matthew Stafford is good at. Um, like Josh said, the more they push the ball downfield, the better they're going to be. I mean, Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay, when they're healthy, are both great downfield receivers, possession receivers. I mean, they can move the ball in the passing game. Um, and I think ultimately they need desperately a coaching change. So this could be really positive. Um, do I think it's going to be like sky's the limit for him or anything? No, but I think if he's been a quarterback that you've been, you know, starting the year with barely getting by, I think that your fantasy team is going to look a lot better going into the playoffs. Cause I think you can be very confident in him producing at least, you know, a high floor production week in week out. Gotcha. Yeah. So it'll be trust across the board for all three of us. Then um, I mean, Hey guys, just got to get better. Matt Patricia's not there no more. Things have to go up. It's the only way they can go. So, yeah, he's he's already been you know decent this season, and you know no reason for him to decline. In, you know in any of our eyes. So, yeah, definitely uh, we all agree there. We all trust that one. Next one, Cam Akers is the lead running back in LA. Trust or trust issues, Adam? Oh man, this is hard. Um... I'm going to say trust issues still, but it's, they're light. They're very light trust issues. Like, I think he, at this point, has the lead in that backfield. Um, I think Brown has basically been relegated to goal line work, and even that we're not really seeing. So it's really just a question of, is Daryl Henderson healthy? If Daryl Henderson's not healthy, or if he's banged up, Akers is going to be a slam. But if, you know... Montgomery, or I'm sorry, if, if Henderson comes back and he's fully healthy and, you know, is active, they're going to utilize him. So I don't see any world where they rely on one running back with the amount of talent they have in that backfield. So for me, it was just kind of situational that gave, you know, Akers this huge uptick in usage. And I think we just see that come right back down to what he'd been previously, which is, you know, like in the 10 touches range, you might see closer to 10 to 15 touches. But as far as 20 plus, that's not going to happen unless he's the only one in that backfield. All right. So you don't think it's like a, you know, team is starting to, you know, change the guard and go to acres and kind of make him the guy you think it's just a matter of, you know, injuries and hot handing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's situational and it's health. Okay. I mean, we've seen it for one week now. I mean, this is a guy who last week had as many touches as, like, the past three weeks combined. So you can't just assume that that usage is automatically going to stay, especially when Daryl Henderson was hurt. You had situational factors like that going into it. And Henderson, throughout the year, even though they haven't had, like, a workhorse back situation, has been the running back that's gotten the most touches when healthy in that backfield. So I do 
expect Akers to continue to chip away at that, but I by no stretch think that he's going to steal, you know, the vast majority of the touches in that backfield. Yeah. Yeah, I have trust issues with it myself. Like you said, just the way they're using these running backs. And, you know, obviously if Daryl Henderson's hurt, that, you know, changes things in that perspective. But just overall, I haven't liked Akers' opportunity in this backfield. I haven't liked how they used him. I know that the I know the offensive line and stuff is a struggle there too. So there's like things that he's you know, that all these running backs are trying to work through basically that are, you know, putting them behind, you know, straight out of the gate. But um, I, I had high hopes coming for Akers into the year, and it hasn't really played out the way I had hoped. Um, but, yeah, I don't think he's going to be the lead back. I don't think that team wants a lead back necessarily, per se, a lead back. But, yeah, I, I don't. I have trust issues with it for sure. Um, Josh, do you trust it or do you have trust issues as well? Well, I trust it a lot more if Darrell Henderson is hurt. Yeah. That, that really helps a lot. But – Cam Akers has been gaining on him for the last few weeks. You know, last week Henderson got hurt, but the the touches were twenty two to six. In um, in week twelve, it was eleven to sit to sit. No, eleven to nine. Sorry, with Henderson in the lead. And the week before that, it was eleven to six. So eleven six, eleven nine, and then Cam has the big game last week. I I feel like I feel like he's up and coming. Like so. It definitely helps if Henderson misses time, but I think I think Cam Akers is coming. Yeah, no, I hope you're right. You know, one thing that I do want to say though, I don't want anyone in this backfield. They do not throw to their running backs at all. It's crazy how little they use their running backs in the passing game. And for me, that's just too big of a factor. You just become far too reliant on touchdowns. Unless you had somebody who is just a total workhorse here getting 20 carries every week I just I cannot feel comfortable starting anybody here I mean obviously you can be put in situations in fantasy where you just have to start a guy who's going to be getting touches but I'm not thrilled starting anybody in this backfield and it's funny because Akers and Henderson are both guys who can catch the ball in the backfield and do great things with it so it's yeah weird. it's <laughs> it's totally coaching scheme I I really as much as I love Sean McVay and honestly as proud as I've been of what he's been able to get out of Jared Goff, even this season, there are some things about how they run their offense that just confuses the hell out of me. I mean, the situational run calling, their lack of use of running backs in the passing game, they're just interesting things that, uh, I don't know, for me personally, I don't necessarily agree with, but they've been successful. So, you know, it's hard to knock it. Basically, what you're saying is John Gruden is a better play caller, correct? Uh, well, yeah, sure. <laughs> if you, I mean, honestly, one of the best play calling things you can do is, hey, that player is better than anybody else on the field. Let's throw him the ball 15 times. <laughs> and uh, I can't knock that, honestly. I think that was one of the smartest things John Gruden's ever done as a coach. So, you know. Look for more of that this week if Josh Jacobs is out, by the way. Because <laughs> uh, as far as situational play calling goes, that's the best situational play call you can make. Hey, we have a guy that they can't stop at all. Let's just keep giving him the ball. I mean, it's great. Sounds so, like it, sounds like it yeah. works out. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I'd love to see the Rams do it more with Cooper Cup. So. Yeah. I, I don't like Sean McVay either. I don't like what he does with the receivers. Like, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are both – starving to death in terms of air yards and i i just i don't understand it like woods has still managed to be the wide receiver 13 points per game on the season but it, it it's it must all be yards after the catch 
Man. I just don't understand why neither one of these guys can get any air yards. McVeigh was a darling. Everyone loved him, and everyone's ragging on him hard right now, man. We'll see I if mean, it's uh, not even ragging on him because to me, like he's being successful. I do not understand how it's successful. I guess it's my <laughs> struggle. Like I, I do not agree with the play calling, but they've got a great defense there too. And I, I mean, I think that that's a big part of it. I mean, we're just talking about one side of the ball here, mostly for fantasy. So, um, you know, it's easy to be critical of the offense, but uh, but their defense is been holding up their end of the bargain and they were in close games. So, you know, they're, they're doing something right. But, uh, but yeah, I'm kind of with Josh there. There's a lot of times where I'm watching their offense, just kind of scratching my head. Um, I don't necessarily have the same complaints about the air yard stuff. Cause uh, I don't think that actually matters. If, uh, <laughs> if you have elite yak, which, which I think they do. I think the 49ers are proving that as well. Um, but yeah. One day. That is the offense I was going to compare them to. But but you know Robert Woods is not a Debo. No, you're not, you're completely right in that regard. Yeah, I mean Debo Samuel is a very unique skill set that very much so caters to throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage for all intents and purposes. I mean, I I just yeah, it's a very unique skill set. But you're right, and I mean San Francisco and L.A. What they are is they're two of the most forward-thinking franchises in the NFL. That entire division. In my opinion, the four teams in that division are four of the ten best teams in the NFL. And it's sad that, you know, all four can't make the playoffs. Because honestly, in the NFC, looking at the teams, I'd rather have the four teams from that division in the playoffs than every other division get one team. Because uh, <laughs> they're, that, they're that good. I mean, they're, they're that competitive. All right. Never mind. Sean McVay's not getting back down here, guys. He's great. He's I think amazing. both of those coaches, Shanahan and McVay, are dealing with limited ability quarterbacks and and making the best of it y'all keep hating on jared golf just keep hating hey josh i feel you man not everybody can have a Derek car you know it's understandable Um, (laughs) hey uh neil one thing that i did want to say about that is i think it's hilarious that even after his wide receiver one week on total fantasy points for the year jared golf sits just barely just like a smidgen ahead of Derek carr just, just the littlest bit to, to remind you where he stands. By the end of the season, Derek Carr will surpass Jared Goff. That's all that matters. I mean, if they have no running game, that is very possible. Whatever. Make your excuses, man. Make your excuses. It's fine. <laughs> I'm not gonna. You're not gonna bait me into talking really great about Derek Carr right now because I'm not looking for injuries or another bad game. So I'm just gonna play it cool. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Jared Goff is great, Adam. Um. The Bears keep finding their way onto this episode. I don't know why. We're not really a Bears-friendly podcast here, Adam. But uh, Cole Komet is the Bears. 10-1 and a streamable option in redraft. I'm going to let you start with this, Adam, because you are a Bears fan. Trust or trust issues? I've got trust issues. I really do. I mean, they are going to utilize the tight ends there. And I think it's just because that entire offense is basically like, who – who can we who can we get the ball to? Because no nobody's explosive, nobody's exciting, no nobody does anything after the catch. So let's just you know let's get these young guys involved. And I think Cole Komet, from a dynasty perspective, is really interesting. But from a redraft, from a this year perspective, I, I still see you know his usage being really up in the air. Really one of those things that is going to come and go very easily. I mean, this is legitimately like the first game he's had where he's seen more than two or well, more than three targets, but 
more than two catches in a game all season. So let's calm down. I'm not starting him. I'd have to see it for another week at least before I'd even consider it. And I think even with the decimated tight end position, I think this is just kind of a reach for, you know, a situation that's been there all year. I mean, it was been Jimmy Graham throughout the year there, but it's never been great. They just, they throw in the red zone to their tight ends. That's what it comes down to. So they can catch touchdowns, but I don't see the usage sticking around. Got it. I'm with you. Trust issues. I'm not adding anything to what you just said. Josh, do you have anything extra? I think he is overtaking Jimmy Graham, but I'm not sure that he's going to be. I think he will always just be a situational, he has a good matchup this week type of a player. Gotcha. All right. And there's actually one last one we have here for trust issues. Nick Mullins in your super flex in the playoffs. Trust or trust issues, Adam? Trust issues. Um I mean, we were talking about it. You know, San Francisco is an extremely well-coached team. That being said, I just – there's so many good options at quarterback still. I mean, we've had a lot of injuries, but there's still so many quality options. I mean, even on your waiver wire, there's a lot of quality options. I don't think that this is a situation where you want – a week-in, week-out starter. I think Nick Mullins is a guy who, you know, situationally he might fill in a week or two there. But if you're coming into your fantasy playoffs and you're relying on Nick Mullins, you're not feeling good. Don't act like you are. <laughs> Josh, are you feeling good with it, man? So I'm, I'm going to take a different angle on this. Like, because I have some super flex teams where Nick Mullins is starting. And <laughs> of course you do. Where Nick Mullins is starting – I do not have other options. That's why Nick Mullins is starting. Yeah, you don't feel good. <laughs> you just but like here's what I would say: if you can get rid of a quarterback going into the playoffs and 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 improve running back or wide receiver, and just say fuck it, I'm plugging in Nick Mullins so that I can go get I don't know David Montgomery, maybe not David Montgomery, but I you do that, you do that. Because Nick Mullins, as much as he's not any kind of household name or brand at all, he's a QB two seventy five percent of the time. So <laughs> let's fucking go with Nick Mullins. I would like to make a callback to an episode earlier in the season when Nick Mullins played. He had actually beaten out Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson that week, and we asked if he could do that again. Well, last week he did. So something I thought would never happen, it happened, guys. Like, I just I, I just want to make an argument for the roster build where like you are scraping by at quarterback in a super flex and put the capital somewhere else. All right. You heard the man, Adam. You heard him. You heard him. And he's going to be playing him. So we'll see next week how Josh feels about the Nick Mullins team, how, how they fared. I'm going to be interested to see this. Um, so we'll see how they we'll, we'll get back with Josh next week on that. Let's move over to can he do that again? Let's hit this quickly. Baker Mayfield and the Browns offense supported three top 20 wide receivers in PPR last week. Can they do at least two of those next week? Josh. Who can? (laughs) Um, You know what? I had a conversation with my buddy Jeff today at work. who is a huge, huge Browns fan. And I want to say that they have the Ravens next week. (laughs) <laughs> so so that's that is that is unlikely if i'm if i'm right about that matchup but 
also, it's what? It's Jarvis Landry, Jarvis Landry, Richard Higgins, and was it Donovan Peoples-Jones? <laughs> it was. <laughs> so I don't think that's going to keep happening. I think it's a lot more likely that we see like Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb both have 150 rushing yards. <laughs> gotcha. So Adam, he does not. Th- he doesn't. Think, he doesn't think it can be done again. They are playing the Ravens Monday night. What do you think, man? Can it be done again? I no, I don't. But uh, I do want to harp back on something I said last podcast, which is, man, guys, look how good the Browns got once they lost Odell Beckham. It's almost like that guy's a cancer to any franchise he's a part of. All right, moving on. Wow. Um, send your hate mail to Adam, everybody. Send your hate mail to Odell. He's terrible. All right. Anywho, this guy, uh, Baker Mayfield, he he came out last week and. I mean, he looked like Patrick Mahomes for a half. It was (laughs) something we've never seen out of him before. And I don't know if we'll see it out of him again. Uh, I don't think the Ravens are the matchup for it by any stretch. So they have an extremely efficient rushing game. I I expect them to be much more balanced in most games. Um, Can he do it again next week? Definitely not. Before the end of the year? Maybe. I could see see Baker have another big performance where he finishes as a top five fantasy QB. All right, all right. So a little love for Baker there, a little love, but no one's believing uh, they can pull two twenty top wide receivers next week. All right, that's fair. How about this guy, Austin Eckler, landing himself outside the top twenty at running back in PPR? Can he do that again, Adam? Yeah, don't hate me, but yeah, yeah, he can. Uh, I think that you know that team got just destroyed by the Patriots. I mean. There's something to be said for Bill Belichick, man. When uh, when he goes up against certain rookies, he just just annihilates them. I mean, even what he did against Kyler in their first matchup this past year. I mean, Kyler wasn't a rookie. He's looking like he could be an MVP candidate, and the Patriots completely shut him down. So it could just be the situation. Um, but that being said, I just – I'm – I don't know. I'm, I'm nervous about that offense going down the stretch. Um, you know, they've got the Falcons this week. This should be a get-right week. But even while Justin Herbert was super hot there, they had no rushing game production. So Eckler came back, had a big week last week, completely irrelevant. But that might have been just game script. That might have been just the situation. I'm not thrilled. Um, I think it's kind of, you know, He's one of those guys, oddly enough, he kind of falls in very similarly with David Montgomery, with, you know, uh, Jonathan Taylor. In a way, he's somebody who's going to be used in the passing game. Because of that, he's going to have a high floor. He's somebody who you drafted probably higher than my expectations are going to be for him. Um, Out of those three guys, I'd probably rank him the lowest going into next week. But him and Montgomery would be pretty neck and neck, I think. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not thrilled, but I think he's still, like, flex-worthy. Disgusting, 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 disgusting. You are nasty, man. Austin Eckler will be a top ten running back next week, Adam. It's very possible, but uh, Josh, it sounds like Adam just, feels that Bill Belichick might have beat the confidence out of the Chargers. Didn't wasn't that game forty five to zero? Yeah, it was. was. He he did beat the confidence out of them. <laughs> like he beat, <laughs> he beat the shit out of them. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen again. I mean, how often do NFL teams get skunked? Not, Not often. very often. Not like that, at least. No. 
And Josh Kelly is hurt. I don't know how much time he's going to miss. He's not getting a lot of work anyways. It's really Kalen Balazs now behind Austin Eckler. But I, he, I don't think he's a very dynamic player. I think Eckler will, will get plenty of opportunity, and I think the Chargers will score points in games. Okay. Yeah, can I take back everything I said? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Full disclosure, internet connection terrible, pro football reference has taken a minute to load. He had 16 targets last week? He had 16 targets last week. He, I mean, you know, when they played Buffalo, not last week against New England. But in last week against New England, he had nine targets. Over the last two weeks, he's had 25 targets. I mean, that to me, that's, that's tough to overlook, especially from a guy that easily <laughs> can see double-digit rushes. That's That's really tough to overlook. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's weird. I feel like a broken record, but uh, um, he very much so falls into that Jonathan Taylor, David Montgomery range of guys who I think are probably only going to see 10 to 15 rushes but are going to get usage in the passing game, and for that I still like him. Running backs are broken records in week 14. That's what it is, Adam. It's just the youth. Usage, man. They're all the same type of usage guys, you know, guys who are going to get way more usage in the receiving game than they are touches out of the backfield in the rushing game. It's just the type of player each of those guys seem to be. Yeah. And they're all in situations that kind of cater to that. For sure. All right, I have one more of these for you, then we'll jump over. We have a bunch of listener questions to get to. Um, Cole Beasley, Adam talked about him earlier, hit the 20-point mark. Actually, he went almost 30-point mark. Point mark. Uh, for the third time this season, he was double-digit points for the eighth time this season. Can he do it again next week versus Steelers, Adam? 100%. <laughs> Especially against the Steelers, man. Steelers are going to be just pissed. This is a big, big game for the AFC. I mean, you know, the Steelers got the first loss, so the Bills have, I guess, some outstanding chance still at getting a bye uh, if, like, the Steelers were to lose out or something crazy. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, as far as game script goes, this is a game that I expect to be high scoring, uh, and I expect to be a shootout of sorts. Um, so the bills are going to be throwing the football and what we've seen from this offense is Cole Beasley's going to get a ton of targets. Stefan Diggs is going to get a ton of targets and Josh Allen's going to run all over and make plays. And because of that, I mean, for me, Cole Beasley is like a must-start guy. Um, maybe I'm crazy, but, you know, top 20 in PPR so far this year. So, crazy like a fox. <laughs> Josh, is Adam crazy? No, he he could do it again. I mean, the guys, like, you can basically pencil him in for six or seven targets a game, and he's going to have a few with 12, 13, 11. He's, done, he's had three games with double-digit targets, so... It's it's happening. Cole Beasley is game. Get him in your lineups, folks. We feel good about him here. Feel good, Adam. It's nice to see this happening for you, man. It's nice to see Cole Beasley getting all this love. All right. We got a bunch of listener questions today. Uh, we'll try to get through these as best as we can. Uh, we don't always prepare for the listener questions. We like to kind of freestyle these bad boys. So we'll see what we have here in front of us. Um, this one is more directed to Adam and is specifically for Adam. And uh, it's a question that we've visited a lot this year. Thanks to Justin at Justin FF underscore. After watching four years, are we finally going to see a breakout season in 2020 for Corey Davis? Adam. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It's trolling me a bit. It's fine. 
I still don't think Torrey Davis is good, so there's that. <laughs> but, you know, it, he's he's been good this season. Uh, A.J. Brown has not really, so there's that. Uh, Jonu Smith, been injured, so there's that. Uh, Derrick Henry hasn't gotten nearly the usage that he has in the past. So I think there's a lot of factors that go into Corey Davis. Um, this is a guy that we saw multiple seasons, year after year, have high expectations, completely fail on those expectations, and he finally goes off in his fifth year in the league. Just so happens to be the COVID year where there's tons of situational things going on. Uh, maybe it's no fans in the stands. Maybe that's what gets him to play well. Um, but, you know, hats off to Corey Davis. And in, in all honesty, he, for, for being somebody who most people have completely wrote off, if you stuck with him um, year after year after year, well, you were a loser most of that time. But <laughs> this year, uh, this year, this year, it's great. Um, and hats off to you because I, I surely didn't see this coming. Um, but – if he's shown us anything, I mean, Corey Davis can have huge performances. I think going into next year, I'll be very, very interested to see where a guy like Corey Davis is drafted. I expect him to be overdrafted very much so. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. Justin, thank you for continuing this question, man. It was It's only right. I, think I love getting trolled like that, too. I mean, really, though, I was totally wrong on him. I shot him off at the beginning of the year. And, you know, if you were someone like me who just completely dismissed him, you missed out. I mean, you missed out on production. So it's definitely not something I'm proud of. Yeah, but really quick. And before at Josh. At the same time, I have no issue dismissing him now. Yeah, so, stop, nah. stop, dismiss, stop trying to dismiss him. Justin, good job, Justin. Keep the questions coming every week. He has a good week. Keep bringing it on. Also, Josh, before you talk, A.G. Brown, I, I have to take a little defense here. He hasn't had a bad season, in my opinion. He's no, top he's 25. He's the wide receiver 12 in points per game. Yeah, so I'm not going to tolerate that from Adam either. I had I can't let that slide. Uh, okay, but my whole point was injuries. He hasn't been healthy. He's been banged up all year. Same thing with Janu. That's my issue is, like, even if they're on the field, these are guys who've been struggling with injuries, who haven't seen the usage that you'd expect from them. So I think it's given way to Corey Davis being able to explode like this. That being said, I mean, it's not it's – not, like the be all end all. I mean, they've still been on the field. I just had to defend them. I just couldn't let it slide. Josh, did you have something else to add or was it that? I was just thinking about where I would draft Corey Davis next year. And I, I think, I think I'd be drafting him somewhere around wide receiver 24. Wow. <laughs> I know Adam is hating that. <laughs> you hear Adam laughing? Like, like it, does he even have any possibility of doing that? Like, he's, he's probably not even gonna I, I mean yeah he's wide receiver 18 after he just came off of a fantasy <laughs> performance where he was wide receiver one what was he last week dude <laughs> like i don't know uh, last week I don't yeah know. but that's exactly what i mean i think people are going to be drafting him as like a top 30 wide receiver next year and i will have no part of that all right all right thank you justin for continuing this man this is great um uh, it's super Shout out next one at Brad Duff nine on Twitter. Who are some players to target in week 12? I mean, sorry. Who are some players to target in 12 team leagues? If you own DJ Moore and Antonio Gibson, both probably might miss due to COVID toe injuries, that kind of stuff. Also name a percentage chance. You think CMC plays this weekend. Um, let's start with that really quick. First, the percentage on CMC. Do you any of you have a, a strong number on that one? 
playing. Yeah. yeah, I think he's playing. Okay, so everyone thinks he's playing. That, that I answers mean, that. I, if I had to give a percentage, I think it's like 90%. I mean, I think, especially with him having a bye week last week, he might have gone last week even if they were playing. So, yeah, I, I expect him to be back this week. And I don't know about you guys, but in my fantasy playoffs, if I don't have Christian McCaffrey, that's the one person that I'm, like, searching in every league to see if they made the playoffs because I don't, I don't want that. I mean, if somebody made the playoffs even with Christian McCaffrey being out, almost the entire year and now they get them going into the playoffs that's going to be that's going to be a dangerous team in a lot of leagues yeah for sure all right so we all think he's going to play from all the reports he's set to return to so that's that's good um as far as um brad's part of the question where he was asking if there's some players that you guys are targeting um in case of guys that we've mentioned earlier like antonio gibson or josh jacob these kind of guys anybody that you guys are you know, waivers looking for that you're trying to trade last minute if you have if you still have trades open in your leagues. Like, is there any guys that you guys are trying to replace these guys with right now, or is it kind of just whoever's on your team at this point is what you're rolling with? I've got three players I'm I'm putting in bids for everywhere, and that's um, Peyton Barber because you know Adam was talking about the the concerns with JD McKissick. So Peyton Barber. Ty Johnson, who got a lot of work after Frank Gore was concussed. He did, yeah. And I'm not sure if Frank Gore is coming back this week. And I, I like Chad Hansen on, on the Texans wide receiver. It's funny that you mentioned that because we did talk about, you know, when Fuller got popped, we mentioned it last week. And I, and I asked you guys, and I think it might have even been a question that came in or something about Kiki Guti. And Adam was like, no way, not trusting this guy. <laughs> and so, I mean, he did good. You know, Hanson did good. So I'm curious. So is it because QT is not available in that league, Josh? Or is it because you just like Hanson more? I like Hanson more. Okay. I like Hanson more. I feel like we kind of know what QT is. Like he, you know, he could he could get hot for two or three games, but I think that's all he is. I don't think he's going to. Uh, emerge as a leader on that team. I think, I think he's a guy who has the very occasional and sporadic big game. Mm-hmm. And Chad Hansen might also be nothing, but he—he's. We don't know. We don't know what he is yet. Right. You know, we, he's played one game this season. He had 111 air yards. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and see what that see where that leads. I hear you on that. And Adam, I mean, you're hearing this right now. He's going the air yard guy. Would you, since I know you kind of dismissed him last week, would you trust QT if you're in a spot where you do lose, let's just say Antonio Gibson's not playing or, you know, who, who, whoever's on your team, would you trust a QT this week in your fantasy playoffs or would he not be an option at all and you would either roll with someone you already have or just, you know, dig deeper like Josh is doing here with Hanson? I mean, I I feel bad because I'm like, I wait, I dismissed QT last yeah, week? Yeah, you kind of That did. was me? Yeah, that happened? Did. I, that's not how I remember it, but maybe maybe I did. Josh? I did. Um, that being said, I do I would, recall. I would have given the same answer. Okay. I would have said no to Kuti. Yeah, I mean, as far as like starting him last week or anything, but as dismissing him as the player, I mean, yeah, I definitely didn't see, you know, eight catches for over 100 yards last week coming, for sure not. Um, but that being said, we we had seen previously Kuti have breakout games. Um, so... For me, there, there's a giant target void in that offense, losing Wolf Fuller. Uh, I thought the majority of that was going to go to Brandon Cooks, but 
doesn't seem to be the case. So uh, I don't I don't know about this Chad Hansen guy that he's talking about, but <laughs> I do know Kiki Kuti has had multiple performances like this over his career now. So I think that you know from a take a shot on a guy, you know, last guy in your starting lineup kind of approach, flex option. Yeah, I don't mind it, but I'm definitely not excited to start him. Okay, that's fair. That answers the question. All right. Um, so I, I, I think that's pretty good, Brad. Um, Peyton Barber, Kuti, Hansen, these are all guys that are, you know, decent options. Um, but, you know, again, it just sucks if you're kind of going into the playoffs with this kind of situation, and a lot of teams are, but you just got to try to make the best of what you got, man. Um, the next one, uh, at Barrel Joffrey, Hurts, Wentz, Drama. Can the Eagles really move on from owing that much money? Would any team be stupid enough to take on the contract now that Bill O'Brien isn't running a team? Adam. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I thought the move was super interesting, especially because they still have a shot at the playoffs because of that division. Um, that being said, I mean, Jalen Hurts might be their best option to win moving forward with mm-hmm. how Wentz has been playing. I don't think they really do have a great option to bail on him. So they're in kind of a really sticky situation here because they either have Jalen Hurts and he does well, in which case then they have a quarterback controversy, or he does poorly, in which case they might have no quarterback. So <laughs> it, it seems like a lose-lose for Philadelphia fans, um, but I don't, I don't mind it. Uh, you know, they're two games back in the division now with four games left in the year. So they might just think that they're out of contention. And after losing four straight, they might very well be. So I don't, I don't really care too much uh, about the decision. I'm excited to see Jalen Hurts play. Um, you know, the little action that he had wasn't something to get really excited about, but we'll see what he does in a full start. And uh, as far as Carson Wentz goes, man, just has there been anybody in recent memory that's been as hyped up as Carson Wentz? Like everybody tells me this guy's great. And it's just, it's oh man, this, this season has not looked good for him. Yeah. It's been pretty ugly. And, you know, we've seen it, you know, years where he's had injuries and this and that, and like, everyone's like, Oh man, it sucks. Cause he's a pretty good quarterback. So it sucks that we keep having these, you know, freak incidents happen and things like that. And even now, you know, I've seen a lot of people who are respected, you know, as far as, you know, breaking down quarterbacks and they feel like, you know, his issues aren't necessarily all him and they can be fixed and that kind of stuff. So I don't, I don't think the Eagles are going to try to bail on him right now. Um, and like you said, you know, they don't even know what they have in, in Jalen Hurts. So like they have to still see what the, how that plays out. It may not, he may not even be better than Wentz for them. Who knows? Um, I will say it's fun that, you know, Jalen Hurts is getting the start this week and he's playing Taysom Hill. <laughs> so I think it's going to be pretty fun to see. Uh, you know, who who comes out on top there. It's going to be a, a fun – it should be a fun game. I mean, you think at the very least it should be fun to watch. So um, we'll see. Uh, Josh, what are your thoughts on this really quick before we get to the next one? Like all year long I've been looking at Carson Wentz's numbers as I go through the quarterback stuff, and he's just super weird because he's he's out there just slinging it deep. You know, he has a high number of air yards per attempt. But his conversion rate is terrible. <laughs> it's in the 40%, 42%. And, I mean, no one else. No one else is that low. So, I don't know. I Honestly, I think another team might take a shot on him because he's had, he's had good seasons. You know, uh, two or three years ago, we had that, like, Carson Wentz QB1 season, I think. And right now, he doesn't have any weapons. 
So it, I, I'm, I'm not so sure that he's bad. It, it doesn't look great, but I wouldn't be surprised if someone wanted to take a shot on him. Yeah, but you think the Eagles would more likely next year have him than another team, correct? I want to see him get traded. I think that would be fun. <laughs> I mean, I'm a Jalen Hurts fan, so I wouldn't mind it at all, for sure. But I just think it'll be tough. So we'll see how it plays out, man. This is a this is one of those fun offseason potentially dramas that we're gonna you know get to watch and keep our attention on while things get slow, and we'll see how it uh, how it plays out if it resolves itself quickly, or if we're going into next year talking about you know Jalen Hurts versus Wentz as a legitimate you know challenge, a, a battle at camp. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Um, but good question from Barrel there. Next one at Justin underscore Redwood. Shout out to Justin. Shout out to Justin. He put, will you guys be relieved when the 2020 season is over? Or are you better at compart- compartmentalizing? Yeah, I can't even fucking read, Justin. Come on, bro. Then I am and I have avoided letting the COVID season stress you out. Josh. I will be relieved. I will be relieved. <laughs> I look forward to off-season rankings. Man, playing that whole game again. <laughs> Man, I don't know if you guys remember what COVID life was like before we had football as a distraction, but uh, no, <laughs> I will not be relieved. I will be probably a lot more anxious because there will be one giant distraction that goes away, and all I'll have to focus on is the craziness that is the world right now. So, yeah, I want more distractions, and seeing as – we're not going to get any new TV. Um, you know, HBO's doing that crazy thing where they're releasing all the movies in the world, but everybody's going to watch those the first two weeks of January, and then what? Then what are we going to do with our lives, guys? <laughs> uh, Super Bowl is going to be over, and we're all going to be on lockdown again for God knows how long. Nothing to do. It's going to be awful. Uh, this is why MMA's year round. It gives me something to care about. But yeah. I am not going to be happy. I am much more anxious about it ending and not having a distraction. I can tell you, if you didn't talk to Adam before the season started, he was a wreck. This guy was, it was crazy. Just a wreck. <laughs> it was, it was, it was getting crazy. So yeah, I, I hope for your sake, man, there's something else that, you know, comes up or, you know, I don't know, man, it's gotta be something, but uh, yeah, no, no, we're not happy. We're not relieved, but jo- Josh is relieved. Josh is relieved. So shout out to Josh and stop with the big words, Justin. I'm I'm not a writer. I'm bad at grammar. It was a little tough. I don't like fumbling over the words here, man. Compartmentalizing. I'm still saying it wrong. It's fucked up. (laughs) All right. Uh, At Austin underscore G uh, underscore H. After a stellar performance against a tough Colts defense, a Bill O'Brien-less Kiki Kuti. Oh, can emerge as a legitimate weapon for Watson. We just kind of spoke about this a little bit earlier. Uh, Just to make it clear for Austin, I do think that Kiki is legitimate. Um, I don't think it's going to be like a dynasty play because of, you know, just other guys are there and players are going to get healthy and they're going to add players. So like from a dynasty perspective, I'm not excited about it, but like to finish out this year, if you need them, you know, playoffs, I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, but Adam and Josh, just to be clear, Adam first, um, legitimate weapon for Watson or not. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be like a end of the bench kind of flex guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll have potential okay. with how much they targeted him last week. I mean, it definitely seems like he's going to be the number one or number two option behind Cooks. So, Okay, and I assume Josh, no, because Hanson. <laughs> I, I, I think that Kuti could get hot for two or three games, and if you have him in Dynasty and you can get more than a third for him, you should sell. Okay. 
that makes sense. All right, so that, that does answer the question from that perspective too, from a dynasty perspective. So, all right, cool. Uh, sorry for answering the question kind of sort of earlier, Austin, but uh, yeah, that's how we feel. Last one at your boy J Rich. And this is a fun one. <laughs> if you could give each other a Christmas gift, let's say $100 budget, what would it be? Does Josh, you want to start with this one, man? Yeah. Okay. I've, I've, I've been thinking about this. Okay. okay. So, so I would get, I would get Neil, I think I would get him a babysitter. I think that, <laughs> that would be a good gift for Neil. So him and the wife can go out and do something. Can you afford that on under a hundred bucks these days? Sure you can. I mean, how many hours can you get for that? How much do babysitters charge? Dude, I, I think you could just about go for a day. Listen, after, and after this they... is when we learn Josh lives in Oklahoma. Hey, Neil, <laughs> how long do you think you can go out for a hundred bucks to a babysitter? Probably not. I know how far that would get you in Chicago, and it's like four or five hours. Yeah, probably not too long. Once they meet my kids, I'll probably get surcharges or something at the end. <laughs> on the back end, I'll get hit with taxes and everything else, probably. Yeah, it's not going to play out well. But I mean, I appreciate Josh for giving me an hour or two, you know? I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I think Adam, I think Adam would like, like he goes, he goes and travels and sees friends and stuff like that. So maybe an Airbnb gift card. That's what I was thinking. Okay. Airbnb gift card during COVID. (laughs) I would Airbnb. Just a fascinating gift. Why don't you send me some of your antibodies before I go? Can you do that? Can you give me a vial of your antibodies, Josh? $100, sir. Sounds like you're trying to get me killed over here. Can, can, we, can we make sure my babysitter is COVID free also before she comes here? Nope, nope. No. You, you can't. That's the risky run. Babysitter that works cheap and not get COVID. Damn. Yeah, Josh is trying to knock us both off, bro. It's terrible. Man, it's bad. I really haven't given this th- question a lot of thought because I didn't have an opportunity to. Oh man, I I didn't I didn't even see this question, so I'm blanking hard. But I just thought of one for Neil. I don't Neil would be able to tell me if I could get this for under a hundred bucks, but I'm pretty sure I could. Uh, in maybe not under a hundred bucks, but I'm just gonna say it anyway. An autographed Darren Waller card. Yeah, I would take that for sure. I know. Um, you yeah, would. I guess depending on the I card, know. you could probably get it for under hundred for yeah. sure. Yeah, I, I give good gifts. And for Josh, I I don't know, polio maybe. Wow, <laughs> he's trying to give me COVID. Dang, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, meanest uh, thing. Yeah, I know, right? No, no. For for Josh, um, man, I feel like I'd want to get you something for camp life because you've been doing like a lot of camping lately. But then again, we're heading into the winter months, so yeah. I don't know how much you'll you'll get to enjoy that, and I don't know what you're lacking. So. I'm just going to throw out something that in my life I've been really happy to have, which might not be as directly applicable for Josh, but, you know, I'm, I'm throwing it out there because I, I think it's actually like a good general gift idea for people who have small apartments or smaller space. Uh, and that's a, that's like a standing or a mounted desk. I love my mounted desk. I'm using it right now while I'm recording this podcast. And there's something about just having like the smallest amount of space used possible by a desk that I freaking love because most desks are like big and bulky and take up the entire space in a room. Um, so yeah, I think uh, Josh likes space, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know you just downsized a little bit too, so this actually this might work. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I kind of like that. I don't yeah, actually know if he downsized. Uh, if you mount it at the right 
size. It can also be like a standing desk or you can, you know, encourage yourself to stand more because it can work as such. I've seen the ones that, that go up and down, you know, like they're adjustable. Yeah, I have one of those for work. They're, they're all right. Um, I mean, definitely gets you standing more. But, uh, but yeah, they're also pretty expensive, uh, you know, to go back on our $100 limit. I, I don't know if one of those is under 100 But I know my mounted desk is... I might need I, to I might need to find one on a discount, but I would buy both of you fucking mics. <laughs> That's what I would buy. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm I'm pretty sure I spent pretty close to a hundred on the mic I have that you hate. Um, I might but, throw uh, in an extra hundred. Okay. Here's my thing. I actually want you to do that so that I can prove to you that it's recording over Skype. But now now we're getting to an off the podcast conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're gonna have to try other things then, fellas. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'll get a a hundred dollar uh, card towards some other streaming site. Make it work better. We'll see. Either way, I got an idea that you can do that would be a great gift to Josh and I. Uh, take that two hundred dollars that you spread across Josh and I, and find some kid out there who wants to write the outline week after week for the podcast. That's good as well. That'd be the greatest gift ever. It'd be, be- it'd be better than Josh dropping a bunch of players' names and saying, "Have fun, guys." Because that he is two weeks in a row on that. Just so you, just so everyone's clear, Josh's contribution at first until there's pushback is he drops a bunch of players' names and says, "I added notes." No, he says these are players that I would like us to talk about. Yeah, and that's it. Congrats, guys. Have fun with that. That's helping. That's helping. It's not helping I at mean, all. I don't care what you guys say. It, 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 yeah. I mean, <laughs> Neil's out here airing dirty laundry. So, uh. <laughs> listen, listen. Yeah. That's that's a great question, Jay Rich. We appreciate it, man. Uh, that was that was that was a fun one to, to close the listener questions out with. Let's jump over to not so obvious lock of the week. Not sure if these two have been paying attention, but this game that was played today gave yeah, your boy yeah, yeah. the W. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm done taking deep picks. I'm gonna I'm gonna start taking players who were picked in the fifth round of drafts. Oh, listen to this guy. <laughs> listen to this guy. No, I mean, hey, we have the caveat in place. If you pick someone good, they have to do great. And Marquise Brown scored a touchdown, you know, got right around 15 PPR points. So I don't know how Josh did this week, but I know I did awful. So I'm going to guess you won. I definitely won. Denzel Mims had like 40 yards, no touchdowns, nothing. So I definitely won. I definitely deserved it. I, I'm, I mean, I won the regular season here, guys. So the question is to you, do you guys want to continue this into the playoffs or you will shook at this point? <laughs> I like how you're trying to end it while you're winning. Oh, <laughs> crap. I could win out from here on out and I'd tie you, I think. Or maybe even win. That's probably true. Yeah. I got time. Hey, I got time. That's fine. That's fine. We'll keep this bad boy going. I'm just letting everyone know I'm leading this thing. I feel comfortable right now. So um, I'm going to start off the week. You know, you, we've, we've talked about this team a few times. We've actually talked about his other teammates. You guys know I'm a fan of this rookie wide receiver. Even Adam said he thought the game was going to be a, a, a shootout of sorts. So I'm going with Gabriel Davis, Buffalo wide receiver. Even when Stephon Diggs does good, even when Cole Beasley does good, the, the, the rookie finds his way into the game, even if it's Cole Beasley throwing him touchdowns. Gabriel Davis is a playmaker. The, the Bills know it. I know it. The listeners know it. I'm rolling with Gabriel Davis versus Pittsburgh this week. That is my not-so-obvious lock of the week. Uh, Josh, who do you have? 
Neil, I want you to know before I tell you that in a desperate situation where I ended up losing anyways, I did start Henry Ruggs last week in a lineup. You are an asshole. <laughs> because I asked a question in a group chat. I said, listen, guys, I got a few different options here. I got a few different options. I have Rugs. I didn't even I don't even know if I mentioned that I had Ruggs in there. But I'm like, I got Ruggs, you know, Josh Reynolds, Gabriel Davis. And you guys are like Josh Reynolds, duh. You guys are all like, you know, just pushing this narrative that it has to be Josh Reynolds. And I'm a Josh Reynolds fan, so, you know, I'm easy to convince when it comes to this stuff. Um, But I was like, all right. I mean, everyone seems to be saying Josh Reynolds. It's not who I had in, but he's available. I'll switch him out. Every single player besides Josh Reynolds did good that game. Every single player. Josh Reynolds, by the way. Every single player. I did not. You didn't push him on me. You said every single player out of Josh. Yeah, I said it was a very tough call. You were like, Henry Ruggs, he could do good. Oh, Gabriel Davis, not too bad either. Yeah, you can't say everyone. Josh, that's not how this thing works. Well, uh, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm taking Gabriel Davis. Who are you taking this week? I'm going to roll Chad Hansen. <laughs> you know this is not Chris Hansen from Dateline Man, NBC. we're going dumpster diving this week, huh, guys? Listen, is that is that Chris Hansen from Dateline NBC's the Catch a Predator guy? Is that his son or something? Right. <laughs> Might as well be. <laughs> All right. So Hanson, Davis, you, you say we're dumpster diving, Adam. I'd love to hear who you have, sir. Well, I had two just for this occasion. I wanted to know, are we going with Marquise Brown type picks or are we going dumpster diving? If we're going dumpster diving, I'm going to the trash bin <laughs> and I'm picking a guy from a team that hasn't won a game all year. Uh, and I'm not picking Denzel Mims because that's silly. But uh, I'm, I'm going to ride the Ty Johnson bandwagon. Uh, I think that, you know, if, if they get into another game script where they can feed the running back in any capacity, um, they're, they're going to be feeding one guy the ball. And, uh, and that's Ty Johnson. Uh, you know, if he can get some work in the passing game, they're playing the Seahawks. So it's going to be probably a blowout. But uh, the Seahawks passing game is terrible. And, you know, if the Jets can – Move the football. That's that's all I need for some opportunities to uh, to score some touchdowns. So, give me Ty Johnson, and uh, yeah, I uh, I'll, I'll I'll go deep with you guys once again. All right, there you have it, Gabriel Davis, Chris Hansen from Dateline NBC's son, and Ty Johnson. Um, all right, that's gonna be fun. We'll throw it to Twitter. We'll see what they think. We'll see where they who they who they side with. This is an all trash player week, according to Adam. So. We'll see which uh you know tr- pile of trash they choose, but this is gonna be a fun one, man. This is gonna be a nice way to you know clo- start to close this season out. I feel good. I'm in a lead. I feel comfortable. I just I, this is gonna be nice, guys. It's gonna be nice. I appreciate you guys for uh you know handing me another W this week. We'll see how it plays out. Um, let's go to foul or no foul as we begin to wrap this show up. I have a few for you guys. The first one, Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul will have as many viewers as a regular Mayweather fight will. Foul or no foul. Keep in mind, he's fighting. I know Mayweather's past his prime. I know it's all over. I know this is expedition. It's not real. This da-da-da-da-da. Understand he's fighting Logan Paul, right, guys? 18 million Instagram followers, whatever it is. Like, these guys got fans for days. So Mayweather's fans, Logan Paul fans, for whatever they do, content creation that they are all a part of, all these amazing things they do, will they have as many viewers as a regular Mayweather fight? Foul or no, I mean they will. I say they will. Foul or no foul, Adam. As a regular Mayweather fight, yeah. I mean, wh- what are we considering regular? Like We're you know, one of his popular the fights. Conor McGregor fight regular. Yeah, yeah, let's just go Conor McGregor. 
Well, then, no. No way in hell are they getting anywhere near the Conor McGregor numbers. But I bet you they get close to what uh, what the Tyson numbers were, um, like 1.5, 1.6 mil. Do you think they get past it? What's that? Will they get past it? Uh, probably. Oh, man. I'm going to say no. I think it's going to be right around there. I think they're going to be like 1 million to 1.5 million pay-per-view buys. Um, I think that, you know, anyone who paid to watch Jake Paul, like we're paying for Jake Paul, probably are going to pay for Logan Paul. I think most of the boxing heads who are going to pay for an exhibition match between Floyd and Logan probably are the same guys who are going to pay for one with Tyson and uh, Roy Jones Jr. So for me, like, I think it's going to be pretty much the same sort of audience that's going to be watching. Okay. Um, I mean, you you had a bunch of caveats at the start, so I'm not even going to get into why this is the dumbest thing in the world. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean... It, it, Logan Paul even lost the only fight he's ever had. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, this he is... lost to another YouTuber. Like, it's just silly. If it was Jake, I'd at least be like, all right, sure. He just, you know, flatlined the guy. This is kind of fun. <laughs> you know, they immediately turn around and make a fight with Floyd. But then when I found out it was Logan, I'm like, what What are we doing? Like, really? They, what is the point of this? And the point is to take your money. And uh, people are going to give him money. So... The only thing that I would say that will help them, I don't know if you saw this, but the um, the pay-per-view cost is relative to when you purchase it. So something like the first million pay-per-view buys or up to a certain date, can't recall which it is, it's only like $29.99, it's like 30 bucks, and then it incrementally goes up from there. So that might incentivize more people to buy because they're buying early at lower prices. So there, there's a possibility that their structuring of it could push them closer to like the two million pay-per-view mark but i mean even if they surpass a million i mean that's that's huge for all intents and purposes i mean i think the ufc had one pay-per-view all year that went over a million pay-per-view buys so yeah i mean it it's a big deal all right that's fair let me ask you this josh i'm going to switch it a little bit for you floyd mayweather versus logan paul somebody will get knocked out foul or no foul yeah Somebody's getting knocked out. I think so. I know Adam doesn't agree. He thinks it's going to be super soft. It's the dumbest thing in the fucking world. I don't even know. I, Josh, do you watch any combat sports? What are we doing? How do you knock somebody out, especially somebody who doesn't really know what they're doing? Right? I don't know. I mean, did Floyd knock out the uh, Japanese guy that he fought? I think he did. That was his last fight, and it was an exhibition match against a, you know, uh, guy some, some Japanese star or whatever <laughs> well, it, it was either Japanese or, or South Korean and now I can't remember and I feel bad for not remembering uh, specifically because I don't mean to generalize but uh but yeah I mean it was another exhibition fight he whipped the kid up I know and, that yeah I mean it's gonna be the same thing guys this is the WWE of boxing honestly if you like boxing at all you should utterly hate what it's become adam because stop poo-pooing on it this is, man it, the people who are watching the, the most pay-per-view buys are going to fights that aren't even real it's just it's the wwe of boxing adam. and then you know you have real legitimate boxers that no one watches listen we need you to appreciate this you just got done talking about how stressed out and anxiety and this and that during covid nothing That's to true. watch come on man just, just have fun, guys. show some love i'll to watch guys. it 
I'm not paying money for right, it. But yeah. Hey, it. hey, 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 we don't talk about <laughs> activities. You, you leave that to Josh. I had a way to watch it. We let but, Josh uh, do the illegal stuff. I don't know who stuff. these people who are paying money for this stuff are. We let Josh admit to legal illegal acts, not us, okay? Keep us out of it. We need at least two hosts here. Um, all right. The government will try to force everyone to get COVID vaccines like they do kid shots for school. Foul or no foul, Adam. Man, you guys really want to take me down? Oh, I'm trying thing. to take you there, man. Um, will they force people to like they do for flu shots for school? Yes. And I like the way that you had that caveat in there. I had to do it. They're not going to force anyone. They are, however, going to make it a requirement in order to do certain things. That's the difference that I see. Um, so yeah, I don't think necessarily anybody's going to be forced to take a, you know, vaccine, just like nobody's forced to take really any other vaccine but will they be requirements for things like going to school just like getting a vaccine for the measles is yeah for the exact same reasons all right i just wanted to see what you thought man i wanted to see what you thought here josh do you agree man yeah i i don't know if they will require it i mean we're still not requiring people to wear masks but i would be i feel very okay about a covid vaccine they, they can give me, I will take my vaccine, even if it has a stupid chip in it, which it doesn't. <laughs> uh, no, okay, stop, stop right there. <laughs> I hate, I hate that we've gotten to the point where conspiracy theories are such a joke that the idea is they would put a chip in a vaccine, okay? I, where that idea even came from is so fucking hilarious to me guys we carry around a tracking device with us everywhere we go i don't know what this chip is supposed to do that's going to be so important that they'd have to sneak in a vaccine to us but that's not the concern the concern is what actually has happened with actual vaccines for other things that haven't gone through extensive testing which is they have side effects and some of those side effects on certain vaccines have been as bad as causing infertility so there are things that vaccines can have that aren't microchips in them that are still really bad for the human body. So, yeah, I mean, I get people's apprehension to just being like, hey, I'm going to take any vaccine that they put out there. That, to me, is an okay thing to have some apprehension around. I don't know what's in it. I don't know the long-term effects. There, there's reasons to have some sort of um, apprehension to that. I don't think any of that apprehension is based in they're going to use that to put a microchip in me to keep track of where I am. Cause let's be honest, they're already doing that very easily. Listen, I would like to announce that we've hit the trifecta with Adam today. We've had him slander Odell Beckham. We've had him slander <laughs> Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul's fight. And now we've got him down the conspiracy vaccine issues. So this is a trifecta for Adam. We appreciate it. And all your hate. Man, I'm not anti-vax. Get off this shit. I fucking hate it. Get your kids vaccinated. It's very important. This is a very rare situation where a vaccine is being made on the spot and it isn't going through the same testing. It's just, it's different. It, it should be different. I don't want to be made out to be an send, anti-vaxxer. Send, send your complaints to contact at clockdodgers.com and we Listen, will... Hey, they are testing this thing extensively. Like they—they're not cutting corners on on safety. And that's where we'll leave it, folks. They've already administered it to a person, so we'll say forty thousand people. 
Well, no, I'm just saying outside of the test runs. They today, uh, Pfizer, I think it is, uh, did their first like actual application of it outside of just trial runs. So, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting to see um, how it plays out and how it affects social changes and policy changes in government and all that sort of fun. So. Yeah, uh, nothing but fun ahead of us, guys. Nothing but fun. And the last final note that I have here for you guys, not helping someone who looks like they need help but isn't asking for it is okay. Foul or no foul, Adam? You guys are going to hate me on this one. Um, It's no foul. Um, I think it's a really important thing to learn in life to ask for support when you need it. I think it's one of the things culturally that uh, we struggle the most with. Um, I don't know if that's an American thing per se, because I'll be honest, I'm not super worldly. I don't know if people experience this all over and it's just a human thing. Um, but uh, it's one thing that I learned going through personal development seminars in my early 20s. But the power of asking for support and being vulnerable enough to ask when you need support is huge. And also the implication that you're someone who is in need Um can often come from a place of judgment, um, seeing somebody in a situation and just automatically assuming that they need your assistance to be able to get through and to thrive um, without them asking for it. I can totally understand why vast majority of the time that's coming from a very good place and almost all the time it's going to be received from a very good place. Um, but there are going to be those situations where you're trying to put out you know, this good intention to help someone. Um, but they're not in need of your assistance. Uh, and I think that that's why it's important for people when they are in need of assistance to ask, but we all know people don't do that. So it's a complicated question. Uh, but what I would like to say is I think there's power in asking for support. Um, but that being said, I think it's also really important to always be looking out for your fellow man and, you know, to see when people are in need and and to try and assess those situations. Cause as we know, people aren't apt to ask for the support they need yeah i thought about this because i've i've I found myself a lot lately especially with covid and everything if someone around me like drops something i don't help them pick it up <laughs> and like if they're I mean, they're, that's fair it's a pandemic yeah and then like i seen an old lady today at the grocery store she was like looking higher on the shelf i'm not sure if she was looking at something she was thinking about how to get it or if oh, she was just looking yeah. for something and i was like man do yeah. i offer help or do i just leave it alone i didn't offer help because i'm like you know if she needs it she'll man, say that's something such a good point yeah 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 that's true i mean it circles back to what i was just saying about asking for support but it is interesting to like look at how our you know, social habits are just changing because of COVID. Like yeah. we're being socialized to not interact with one another in ways that we would have very normally before. Yeah, that's so, how it was. I see someone drop something, I feel like an asshole, like ignoring it, but I'm like, fuck, I don't know what else to do here. I don't want to, you know, go for it and be like, no, don't touch my stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm like, shit, I'm just going to leave it. I don't know. Josh, what do you think, man? I, I what was the original foul or no foul? So not helping someone who looks like they need help, but they're not asking for it though. So they look like they're struggling with something or may need help, but they're like not asking though. So I just ignore it. I think most of the time I'm gonna wait for them to ask. Okay, all right. So I'm not a total asshole then. It seems like you guys may be both assholes with me, or uh, it's just it's the common move to make. Um, but you know, sometimes I try to get out there and help people a little extra and 
I haven't been doing it because of COVID and other reasons. And sometimes it does annoy me when someone doesn't say it because they're like looking for you to ask. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. All right, cool. So I'm not the only one that's acting a little different during COVID or just in general, it's not a fun thing to ask somebody if they need help when you're not sure. Um, closing, show and tell. This is our last moment of the podcast where we can share a thought, advice, a product, anything you feel like sharing with the listeners. Um, and, they, and they always share them back with us. So it's fun. They hit us up on Twitter, all that good stuff. So we appreciate you guys always doing that. I'll start off. I'll jump out the gate here with a little uh, little pizza, a little oven pizza action that I had the other day. Motor City Pizza Co. Never had it in my life. Never seen it in my life. It was in uh, Walmart, was it? Publix? I'm not sure which store I was in. But I seen it and I said, hmm, this looks interesting. I've never tried this pizza before. You know, oven pizza that you bake at home could be hit or miss, depending on the brand, the quality, all that kind of good stuff. But this one actually hit it out the park, man. Deep dish, good stuff. I enjoyed it. It was nice, man. So if you're looking for an oven pizza for home, for the family, you're just trying to relax, not take it to eat, not, you know, not trying to go out, all this good stuff. Motor City Pizza Co. I don't know if anyone else is familiar with it. I haven't come across anybody else who's tried it yet. I'm sure it's popular somewhere and it just got here. But uh, it was good stuff, man, for some oven pizza. So shout out to Motor City Pizza Co. Adam? You know, I actually have two. Um, I had one, uh, but then I just had another one that appeared basically like an hour before we started recording. Um, So the one that I was going to mention, though, just off the top that I was planning on is kind of unique. It's the first time I think I've ever mentioned something that I haven't actually consumed or watched or experienced because it was just announced. Um, But on December 17th, uh, comedian Andrew Scholes is having a TV show show up on Netflix uh, that's called Shoals Saves America. Uh, and I don't know if you guys caught uh, any of the little videos that he was doing on Instagram that had gotten really popular, uh, but it's an expansion on that. And he was really just kind of doing another play on kind of that daily show motif that we've had for a while, you know, person talking, square box next to him, different things come up, you know, th- that sort of format, if you will. Um, but Andrew Schultz has been a comedian who I've been a giant fan of for a long time now. I mean, I, I'm hard pressed to find any stand up comedian that I think is funnier than him. Uh, to me, he is just the top of the game right now. And I am super excited as someone who's been a fan of him for a pretty decent amount of time now that he's getting this sort of opportunity. Uh, and I'm super excited to watch the show. I, I think it should be fantastic. So that's something just that I was planning on talking about. I really hope everybody goes out there and watches it. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited to watch it myself. And then literally an hour before we came on the podcast, um, 21 Pilots, who have been my favorite band for, God, seven, eight years now, um, just released a Christmas song, which was super unique. Um, you know, and know it's something that probably isn't going to hit for everybody, um, but if you like Christmas music, um, if you like anything that you've heard previously from 21 Pilots, it's definitely interesting. It's uh, by far one of their most unique songs that I've heard. Um, but I think anytime that you do something like for a holiday or that's like a special one-off sort of song, I kind of appreciate when it's a lot different than the rest of your body of work. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I was super happy to see that as well. Uh, and uh yeah go check out their uh their new single um and yeah that's all sounds good when does the andrew schultz thing come out 
Uh, December 17th. December 17th. Yeah, I'm a big fan too, man. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited. And the song sounds cool as well. I'll have to check it out just because you're saying it's interesting. I'm curious. Uh, Christmas song from them. Yeah, I'm yeah I mean, out. you don't often hear artists release Christmas songs. So no, I don't. was kind of caught off guard by them even releasing one. I was like, okay, <laughs> I, I guess. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I like it. It's not my favorite thing that I've ever heard by any stretch of the imagination. But as somebody who's not really like a big fan of Christmas music, it, it's definitely a unique take. I do like the feel of it. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm going to check it out. Um, Josh, do you have anything to show and tell today, sir? Yeah, I've got a couple of things. So I've started watching the show on HBO called The Undoing. And uh, I don't know, I think it might be getting pretty popular because I it was referenced on Saturday Night Live. But um, I, I've seen a few episodes of it and I'm into it. So if you have HBO, you should check that out. And then also I have this app and it's... Uh, this is pretty corny, but it's called I am. And it just like, it's kind of like an affirmations app, but I am surprised by how many times the things that that stupid app puts out, like actually hit me. So I I would recommend that to other people. Josh consistently dropping mental health type of uh, show and tells here, man. Appreciate that, dude. I am app. But what is it like a push notification or something like just pops up on your phone? Yeah. Every day, yeah, you can set it like how many times a day you want them. I think I just do three times a day because I don't want it to be like I don't want to get over inspired, you know. <laughs> yes, we <laughs> can see that. Right. We can see that, Josh. We can see that. It's very clear, sir. <laughs> no, you do not want to get school teacher people like <laughs> gotcha, man. All right, well, man, that's, that's all we got today, guys. Josh can be found on Twitter at JC Crocker, Adam is the other FF guy at the other FF guy. And mine is at Clock Dodgers on Twitter, Instagram. If email is your thing, contact at clockdodgers.com. Whatever you feel like reaching out for us, ideas, feedback, anything you want, complain about Adam hitting the trifecta on this episode, that's fine. I'll take your thoughts. Um, certainly, if you have a review, we would love it. We would love for you to leave us a review. It always means a lot to us. Again, it's kind of like our billboard where people are searching for podcasts. They see it. They see what you're saying. It's a little bit of a Yelp for podcasts in some sort of way. So go on there. Leave us a review. We like to read them on the podcast as well. So uh, definitely do that. Other than that, guys, if you haven't subscribed, please hit subscribe. It, It helps us out. It helps the numbers out. It helps us grow. We appreciate that. Guys, we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening. As always, be kind. Be great. Keep dodging.